This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by Calm and by Feels. One of our favorite stories of last year had nothing to do with politics or crime or evil corporations. It was a year-long saga of man versus beast, or rather, man versus insect. Mm -hmm. It was the Washington State Department of Agriculture versus the very terrifyingly named, but also very appropriately named, murder hornets. At the beginning of 2020, entire hives of honeybees were being found slaughtered in the Pacific Northwest, with the bees' dismembered bodies left behind in piles. It was quickly determined that the culprit was a foreign invader, the Asian giant hornet, or murder hornet, which is both giant and murderous, and to which the North American honeybee has no natural defense. As the murder hornets rampaged through the Pacific Northwest, leaving a long line of dead bee colonies in their wake, it was a race against time for the local agricultural authorities to somehow track them down and exterminate them before they were able to spread any further. Locating and tracking hornets, however, is of course pretty difficult, even the big ones. But after much trial and error, they were able to capture a few murder hornets and glue tiny little radio transmitters to them before uh, then releasing them to follow closely behind. Mm -hmm. We got him. In a car, I would have... <laughs> Where's he at? I hope he doesn't know we're tailing him. <laughs> hey, this guy's been following me. It's suspicious. Uh, last October, they followed one of those hornets back to its nest. And that hornet was a real bummer to everyone living at that nest. You ruined it for all of us. Uh, a bunch of people in Among Us costumes sucked the entire colony out with a big vacuum cleaner. Uh, very, uh, very fun stuff to watch. There's entire yeah. channels dedicated to removing wasp nests and hornet nests. Uh, not these specific this ones. This one, they brought uh, the big, they brought, they brought the biggest Hoover around, yeah. and they even they they found the queen and put the queen in this like canister, this prison cell full yeah. of ice Good. to calm her down. Launched her into space. Yeah. Um, unlike your typical American war, this war had been won. We didn't just retreat yeah. or hang out Mission uh, accomplished. in the area for way too long. Put the banner up. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Oh, wait. Or, or did we win the war? Because you know, there's yeah. been a lot in the news recently. It's hard to follow. Uh, but everything sounded like it was going okay, right? No. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's looking like this is actually more similar to your typical American war than originally thought. Because oh. it's a war that's likely to rage on indefinitely for at least the next couple of years. They didn't build a bunch of little schools for the Hornets to go to to learn about how the Americans actually saved them? No, they didn't. Oh. So just because that one murder hornet nest succumbed to the suck doesn't mean there aren't any murder hornets left. And folks, America at this point may not be back, but the <laughs> murder hornets are in fact back. Or rather, they never left. Uh, back in June, the corpse of a murder hornet was found near Seattle, though it was unclear just how recently deceased this particular murder hornet was. But more recently, Washington has had its first live murder hornet sighting of 2021. Here's the Washington State Department of Agriculture statement on the sighting. The Washington State Department of Agriculture, or WSDA, has confirmed the first report of a live Asian giant hornet sighting in Washington in 2021. The report was submitted by a Whatcom County resident on August 11th. WSDA entomologists reviewed and confirmed the report as an Asian giant hornet on August 12th. The report included a photograph of the Asian giant hornet attacking a paper wasp nest in a rural area east of Blaine, about two miles from where WSDA eradicated the first Asian giant hornet nest in the United States last October. Quote, this hornet is exhibiting the same behavior we saw last year, attacking paper wasp nest. Sven Spidiger, WSDA managing entomologist, said, if you have paper wasp nests on your property and live in the area, keep an eye on them and report any Asian giant hornets you see. Note the direction they fly off to as well. Which way, which way did they go? Okay, okay, if you could just point the direction, I think we could follow it. Any direction is better than no direction. Look, we're, we're trying to with... track fucking hornets right now. Yeah. 
It's hard. Look, and I, we pointed this out literally last year, but it's just kind of crazy that uh, both the pandemic and the murder hornet infestation both started in Washington State. Yeah, that is interesting. What are they doing up there? Yeah. It's probably Amazon's fault or Microsoft's fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bezos? <laughs> Oops! <laughs> oh, hey, look at these cool insects I got mm. on my trip to Asia. Hmm. Uh, anyway, the statement then goes on to say that they will be setting live traps in the area, as will the British Columbia government up in Canada, as this sighting was half a mile from the U.S.-Canada border. Mm. It's very clever of them. Two completely different jurisdictions. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like if you're going to commit crimes, you want to do it like on the border. Right at the county line. Yeah, right at the <laughs> county line. You're going to drive the authorities absolutely insane. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they already have plenty of traps in place, but they haven't caught anything else or uh, haven't caught anything yet. So they are, once again, asking for your support. They want the local residents to remain vigilant and report any murder hornet sightings because the lives of countless honeybees are at stake. In this specific case, the murder hornets were killing wasps, which no one's going to be shedding any tears no, th over. Thank you, murder hornets. Yeah, but uh, honeybees are very important, not just for their delicious honey, but also because they're uh, sort of really, really important for pollinating plants and making plants grow. It's what plants crave, actually, is yeah. bees. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, climate change is already making things hard for the bees, so. Do yeah. they have like uh, tiny warrant posters up at the local law enforcement? Uh, Wanted. Yeah, it's just it's like, like the size of a postage stamp. And they got a little picture of them? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be, they should actually do have you postage seen stamps this, man? with the wanted uh, murder yeah. hornets on it. That would be great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Get all the other small critters. I made involved. friends with bees recently. I, I, I'm really enjoying it. Oh, yeah. I've been watching a lot of bee content on YouTube and like. Is uh, that ASMR lady? Luckily, I brought my own queen. One, one, uh, she actually was one of the people that got me into watching more videos. Yeah, her about stuff's it. great. I, I, it's really like the duality of, of insects because I I, I, bl I love both. I, I love the bee content, which is very soothing, very mm -hmm. relaxing. And I love, there's this video, I, I can't remember the name of the channel, um, but it's a guy who literally gets rid of wasp and hornet ne hornet's nest with vacuum cleaners. Mm. And he has like a suit on and everything and they're just going fucking nuts. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's just sucking them out in the air. It's, That's it's, very satisfying. It's great. But yeah, if you don't like fuck with bees, they don't fuck with you. Yeah. So I walk by the bees all the time and I see them and they're there and uh, I would do a little wave and I walk by. They don't want anything from I just you. appreciate them. You don't have nectar. Yeah, well anyways, late summer and early fall is the time of year when honeybees are most at risk of being attacked by marauding swarms of murder hornets. So again, time is of the essence here. These bastards literally just show up and, and they tear the bees limb from limb with little to no effort. And our bees haven't learned uh, the life hack that bees in Asia have learned, which is to link up into a ball surrounding the murder hornets until they overheat and die. Also a very cool video to watch. There's lots yeah. of those videos online. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully, after last year's successful operation, the experts have a, a better handle on all this and can once again come out victorious against the murder hornet menace. Uh, Godspeed. Much like the coronavirus, we uh, we have the specialists have learned and yes. can now do uh, new different different methods that they work have better. a better handle on the enemy. Exactly. Um, you murder know, say, hornets. Your time is just about up. Say what you want about America. Uh, in at least two aspects. We have learned and have almost conquered attacks on our country, biological, or the virus, and murder hornets. I mean, the people, the smart people have, the average person. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, forget about the people. <laughs> okay. The experts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the people are just, you know, they smash one and then they get stung by another and they're like, ah, we'll call this even. 
Anyways, hunting for murder hornets like an insect world homicide detective, that sounds like a very interesting and fulfilling job. Yeah. But most jobs in this country can feel like a tedious, underpaid waste of time and energy. And the pandemic has certainly shown that a lot of aspects of what used to be office work uh, were entirely unnecessary. Chief among them, actually going into the office. Turns out, not that important. Seems archaic at this point. Yeah. uh, Turns out most office tasks can be done just as effectively at home. And also, in a lot of cases, the eight-hour workday is pretty damn arbitrary. So... Yeah, and uh, the Wall Street Journal, they recently published a very interesting article exploring one way that some work-from-home employees have made work-from-home work for them. They're just doing two jobs at once and making twice as much money. Good for them until they get caught. But good for them in the meantime. Yeah, get the money while the money getting good. Or what's the problem? Yeah. If, they're, if they're obviously doing well enough that neither company notices a drop in productivity from this employee, yeah. then what's the problem? Yeah. If they want to be at work, this, you know, this is that typical American grind. You know, you really have to just grind yourself into the dirt for that almighty dollar until you're dead. I'm on that grind set. Yeah. So what if these people die with a million dollars in their bank accounts that they never got to spend? <laughs> That's on them. Who cares if they've got deep vein thrombosis <laughs> in all of their limbs? Yeah. Hmm. Anyways, let's read from that article. They were bored, or worried about layoffs, or tired of working hard for a meager raise every year. They got another job offer. Now they have a secret. A small, dedicated group of white-collar workers in industries from tech to banking to insurance say they have found a way to double their pay. Work two full-time remote jobs and don't tell anyone. And for the most part, don't do too much work either. Alone in their home offices, they toggle between two laptops. They play Tetris with their calendars, trying to dodge endless meetings. Sometimes they log on to two meetings at once. They use paid time off, in some cases unlimited, to juggle the occasional big project or ramp up at a new gig. Many say they don't work more than 40 hours a week for both jobs combined. (laughs) They don't apologize for taking advantage of a system they feel has taken advantage of them. Again, good. If neither company notices, there is actually no problem. Yeah. Yeah. Except for... If, you, if, if this is affecting your work, uh, and uh, yeah, they would fire you if you're not doing as good a job as exactly. you should The be. only thing that sucks for is like someone who could maybe do the work that would like to get paid, which, I mean, that sucks, but also like, look, you got to be crafty. <laughs> like, I mean, these people are exploiting a loophole. The biggest thing this exposes is just like, you know, how pointless so many jobs are. Yes. Um, and as we'll see, the, the jobs, uh, most of these people in this article, they're not at the entry level. They're in the sort of middle, not middle management, but that there's, it's hard to explain. There, but there is a level. They're Milton from office space. Yeah, there's a level at work where suddenly you're doing a lot less, but making a lot more. And you're just sort of there and you're never really on the chopping block. At least you're not first in line to get axed. And it's smooth sailing from there. And yeah, uh, if you've ever worked in an office, you've seen those people who are like, that guy's making twice as much as me and he's not doing jack shit. Yeah, not doing anything. And a lot of those people in a lot of situations are professional meeting takers. They take all of the information from one meeting and use that for another. And then they'll go on to delegate some 
bullshit to the people below them. Yeah. It's a bunch of delegation. Yeah. Yeah. They're professional hey. meeting takers and delegators. Anyway, let's read a little bit more. It's two jobs for one, says a 29-year-old software engineer who has been working simultaneously for a media company and an events company since June. He estimates he was logging three to ten hours of actual work a week back when he held down one job. Quote, the rest of it is just attending meetings and pretending to look busy. He was emboldened by a new website called Overemployed. Started by two tech workers this spring, it aims to rally workers around the concept of stealthily holding multiple jobs, framing it as a way to wrest back control after decades of stalled wages for some and a pandemic that led to unpredictable layoffs. As you can tell, this largely stems from workers being frustrated with the decreased job security and stagnant wages of office jobs compared to previous generations. One worker tells the journal, The harder that you work, it seems like the less you get. People depend on you more. My paycheck stays the same. And one of Overemployed's founders is quoted saying, there's no implied lifetime employment anymore, not even at IBM. As for how he came up with the idea for Overemployed, which is essentially just a Discord channel and newsletter offering tips on how to secretly hold two jobs at once, uh, here's from the article again. The Overemployed co-founder's journey to two jobs started with a career slump. Passed over last year for a promotion he thought was in the bag, he saw half his team get promoted instead. Next came layoffs. He started looking for another job, assuming his number would soon be up. Upon receiving an offer from a tech company less than 10 miles down the road, he figured he would quit his current job. Then it occurred to him, what if he didn't? When push comes to shove, you're going to become a number, he says. He launched the website early this spring, five months after starting his second job, with the aim of alerting other workers to the possibility of diversifying their sources of income and benefits. They say it's a free market. I'm going to go ahead and get mine too. Respect. Uh, yeah, of course, in addition to having to lie to two sets of coworkers and managers, this kind of thing is also logistically complicated. But the article explains how one of these workers pulls it off. He spends his day switching off among three laptops, work, personal, other work, keeping the one for his new job synced up to a desktop monitor and his other work computer open beside it. Quote, you have to physically switch, and then that keys up your brain to say this is job one or job two, he says. <laughs> To maintain separation and secrecy, other workers swear by color-coding browser windows or using external microphones that can be muted without alerting others on a video call. One worker manages double meetings by logging onto one via computer and the other via phone. I've gotten better at hearing two different things at the same time and trying to process it, he says. God. The phone enables a quick getaway if one meeting risks hearing the other during a sudden unmute situation. When the worker gets called on simultaneously in both meetings, it happens. He drops one call, answers the other's query, and then pops back onto the dropped call. Sorry, he had a network issue. <laughs> what was the question again? Even better, evade the meeting altogether. He often tells colleagues he doesn't think their issues require a call, and he can help them faster on Slack. <laughs> People love it because they're like, this guy just gets stuff done. He's not wasting his time in these meetings, he says. Gotta give it to him. This is great. This is like something George Costanza would come up with. Yeah. Uh, if Seinfeld was but still he, on. George Costanza wouldn't do a good job of it. He, he would fuck he would, it up. He would go, he would, uh, yeah, immediately fuck this up by having four jobs at yeah. once and showing up like as a different person. He would, yeah, he would, uh, he would have, his hubris would get him in trouble in the end. <laughs> but this would be is very fu funny. What, what's like funny about this is the fact that this person is not only seemingly unnoticed, in his productivity between the two jobs, he's excelling at both of them. Yeah, and this this highlights another thing about office culture that fucking sucks, is that it's not really about how busy you are, it's just about how busy you seem. Yeah. You're like, oh, that guy, he's always, 
always typing away on that computer. He could be playing fucking video games, or, uh, but like it looks like he's really busy and really focused on like what's going on. Also, a popularity contest where friendships and loyalties uh, win overall in most cases. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, they'd rather have someone that's less productive than you if you're fun to hang out with and they spend time with you on the side. Yeah, if you're just less of a wet blanket. Yeah. And uh, yeah, obviously, all of that comes down uh, a lot harder on female employees. Yeah, yeah, Gosh, yeah. It's that's just uh... such a nag. This guy's cool. Yeah, I can yeah. go get a beer with this guy, but it's just weird with her. So I think she needs to go. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, and uh, hopefully remote work is solving a lot of that because there's not a lot of uh, interpersonal office relationships that can be forged when everything's through a fucking computer screen. Yeah. So, still though, uh, yeah, the article talks about how it is hard for these people to never slip up. Uh, here you go. Anybody who lives a double life for long enough will experience a close call. One worker was confused about his compensation and pulled up his pay stub to show his manager the discrepancy. To his horror, the pay stub from his other job was listed on the same platform. He quickly stopped sharing his screen, telling his manager he didn't feel comfortable showing his paycheck. Mm. A data scientist in Richmond, Virginia, was surprised when his boss suddenly reached out for a video call. The team never did video calls while he was teaching a coding class at his secret second job. He told the students to take a 10-minute break and jumped on his other computer. Overemployed has a list of possible moves and excuses for those in a pickle, like an imaginary call from a child's school. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Oh my God, my kid's school is calling. That's, they there's, never call. There's so much data out there that says that uh, America is becoming more and more childless. And, and here's a good reason. There's, there's a lot of bad reasons to have kids. You know, the world is coming to an end. Uh, yeah. It's boiling itself alive. But They're kids a great are great sca scapegoats. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you can do whatever you want. You just blame it on the kid. Yeah, I mean, no one's going to believe that your dog ate your homework, but, like, your kid ate your homework? <laughs> Look, he's starving. Yeah. <laughs> you got to give me more money. Yeah, speaking of, yeah, can I get a, 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 just a little bit of a raise, please? <laughs> you don't want my kid to starve, do you? Yeah. Uh, anyways, there's, of course, potential legal issues to double-dipping jobs like this, though... It's not illegal on its face. It's, it, it seems like one of those things where it's like, oh, we never thought this would happen, so there yeah. really wasn't anything against it. But uh, if your contract has non-compete agreements, you are potentially setting yourself up for trouble. So make sure your two jobs are in separate industries. Yeah, yeah diversify. <laughs> yeah, and as much as you may want to hand it to these workers for sticking it to the man, it seems like most of the people quoted in this article were already pulling in over 100 k a year at one job and are now making twice as much. Uh, so it's not like any of these people are pulling themselves out of poverty with this one simple trick. Uh, sounds like you kind of already have to be at a certain level of employment where you're making big money for not a lot of work, which isn't really applicable to most workers. And also yeah. when you, these types of jobs, the lower paying jobs are way more in-person and physical, yeah. uh, which sadly, uh, it, it really shouldn't be the case. Um, this is very annoying to look at. Wages like, and like amount of actual work are directly or indirectly, inverse, yeah. inversely proportional in a lot of industries, especially office work, which fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, like these people probably live in fucking big cities and they should be making what they're making off the two jobs at one, yeah. but uh, nothing has raised with inflation over yeah. the past 30 years. So that's all fucked up too, even on the high end of things. Yeah, like they're making a lot of money, but I'm sure their bosses are still exploiting the hell out of them. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And who's to say those bosses don't have three or four jobs? And their bosses' bosses. It's called hustle culture, Elliot. Yeah. And uh, you should really look into Rise it. Rise and grind. Yep. LLC, baby. Yeah. Here's what you do. You buy a house, and then you're on TikTok a lot. You see these fucking, nah, I, I, I fucking twenty year old landlord 
assholes. Yeah, I haven't seen any of that stuff. You should check it out of poverty. You just go down to the local tax office. You find out who hasn't paid their taxes. You pay their taxes for them. Now you own the house. You kick them out. You send them down to the poorhouse. I've been going to TikTok a lot less because the algorithm kind of like, it's not very targeted anymore. I'm just getting the Mm. the vast swaths of memory. So not as much anymore. But Mm. uh, yeah, no, I've seen those on like subreddits. I follow like the subreddits that'll clip that stuff. Like there's bad financial advice subreddits and stuff. Um, It's all very funny. Anyways, uh, if it sounds like something that you want to try out, you really want to rise and if grind. If you're looking to rise and grind. Uh, the article provides these bullet point tips for professional double dipping. Avoid startups. They expect too much work. Your best bet is an older company that hasn't quite mastered remote work yet, but will let you work from home. Don't start two jobs too close together, lest you find yourself trying to learn the lay of the land at two companies simultaneously. Hit that decline button. Just because someone puts a meeting on your calendar in Outlook doesn't mean you have to take it, one double worker says. When you do join a meeting, make sure everyone knows it. Ask non-questions. Restate what someone said just in different wording, a post on the overemployed website recommends. Have a story. You'll want excuses and explanations at the ready for tricky moments. Need to dodge a meeting? Say you need head-down focus time to finish another deliverable, (laughs) overemployed recommends. Stay under the radar. Tap LinkedIn's privacy settings to shield your profile from search engines or hide your connections. Need an excuse for not updating your profile? You're worried about hacking and trying not to share too much online. Resist overwork. Boss asking too much of you? You can always drop one job and find another. Or just take a breather. One double job veteran is currently on a break working just one job and pursuing personal coding projects and playing video games during the workday. It's great, he says. I have so much free time. The You know what's <laughs> fucked up about all those like guidelines specifically for overworking is that they're extremely effective in regular office positions yeah. when you're working one job in person. Yeah. Like, what's going to happen is... Like in a fucking movie where this happens, the person who's doing this is going to keep rising the ranks of both jobs. They're like, God, first of all, so busy, uh, doesn't doesn't put up with bullshit meetings, is willing to quit this job because he knows his worth. Like, you remember back at our old company when we had these intolerable weekly meetings where everyone had to stand in a giant room together, and it was... It was an hour of wasted time. An hour of, of wasted time, and there was it was, and sometimes it was longer than that because there was always some little fucking teacher's pet who had to raise their hand every time to make sure that the executives knew that this guy is plugged into what's going on. Uh, typically, those people were the first ones fired because they were annoying. <laughs> yeah, and they weren't good at their job. Yeah, yeah, they're just like, hey, look, I'm I exist. Yeah. Hey, but yeah, that was always fucked up because it's like literally at Machinima on a Friday is the worst day to be wasting yeah. time. Like, I'm trying because, to finish the fucking week here. Yeah, because in in production at Machinima at the time, it was like, um, guys, just because it's a weekend doesn't mean we don't have content going up. Yeah. So it's like Friday's like your slam time. And they're like, but we're going to take 90 minutes at the beginning of the yeah. day. And then to, at 3.30, we're going to be like, hey, you guys coming to the bar? We're like, no, <laughs> I'm already an hour behind. All right, <laughs> see you. We got a couple of Toxic Avengers next door with your guys' names on. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a weird place. It was a weird... Uh, we did a lot of work there. Um, I feel like <laughs> yeah. I should be retired at this point. Yeah. Um, so, look, there you go. And if secretly working two jobs gets you feeling stressed out, well, we have just the sponsors for you. Two yeah. very nice, relaxing sponsors today. I, I love when these two team up. Mm-hmm. Uh, this episode <laughs> is sponsored by Calm. 
If you've been dreaming about a beach getaway, but you're nowhere near the ocean, you, you may need to get creative. With Calm, you can listen to the relaxing sounds of the waves and give yourself a break wherever you are. Calm is the number one mental wellness app, uh, which gives you the tools that improve the way you feel. Clear your head with guided daily meditations, improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks, and drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. And I, start, I started listening to the sleep stories recently. No, actually, <laughs> they're just very interesting, so I've been listening to them in the daytime. Oh. Uh, they're, they're like little micro-documentaries. Yeah. I thought it'd be like lullabies. No, they're just little stories. Like adult lullabies. Yeah. No, there's yeah. like, they're like micro-documentaries. Yeah. So maybe not even if you have to sleep. And if you go to calm.com slash tech, you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming. And new content is added every week. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds. Sleep more, stress less, live better with Calm. And for our viewers, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash tech. That is C-A-L-M dot com slash tech for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That is calm.com slash tech. And this episode is also sponsored by Feels. CBD isn't about what you feel, it's about what you don't feel. Pain, nervousness, sleeplessness. If you experience any of these things, Feels CBD is a safe and natural solution without any harmful side effects. Feels is a better way to feel better. Feels is a premium CBD that will help keep your head clear and feel your best. It's hassle-free, delivered directly to your door. CBD naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. There is no hangover or addiction. We both use Feels for back pain and for getting a good night's sleep. Yeah. It's helped a ton. Yeah, very useful. I swear useful. by it. Uh, so, just, all you do is place a few drops of feels under your tongue and you will feel the difference within minutes. Now, the thing to remember about CBD is that finding your right dose is important and everyone's dose is different. So Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience uh, so that you find your perfect dose. The Feels customer service team is dedicated to making sure you get the best use of your CBD. Joining the Feels monthly membership makes your self-care easy. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel anytime. Start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash newsday and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That is F-E-A-L-S dot com slash newsday to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash Newsday. All right, back to the news now. Uh, over the last few years, the only real threat to the dominance of sites like YouTube and Twitch has been TikTok. But that may soon change. A new challenger approaches. And it's someone you heard of. What's that song again? Um, it's OnlyFans. Yeah. Welcome, everybody. You've heard of them, even if you want to pretend you haven't. Welcome, everyone, mm -hmm. to OnlyFans. Uh, it's, or at least it was, uh, it, the Patreon for pornography. Yeah. Uh, people who want to make money uh, selling photos or videos of their bodies can circumvent the entire porn media ecosystem and just sell directly to the consumer, their fans. Uh, in only a few short years, OnlyFans has quickly democratized adult entertainment to a previously unforeseen degree uh, and given a lot of people uh, a lot of money during uh, a pandemic where they yeah. lost their jobs and they were just like, what? Wow, I'm, I'm now making six figures. Uh, there's a, a, like a story every month yeah. of like someone, someone getting caught and fired and they're like, all right, whatever, I'm making way more on the OnlyFans. Well, I saw people that have like left their careers in nursing and medicine. Yeah. Like, why, like, I'm watching why people am I die every this? fucking yeah. day. Yeah. Anyways, here's my tits. Give me $50,000. Yeah. And Good they, for them. And, and they do. Yeah. Uh, now it sounds like OnlyFans is thinking of expanding that business model into safe for work, non-porn, Content. 
And we've joked time and time again over the years that like a site like Pornhub has all the net infrastructure necessary to directly compete with YouTube if they really wanted to. Uh, but the same is true for OnlyFans, which again, is basically just Patreon for porn. There's no reason that it can't also just be Patreon, aside from branding and image and whatnot. Yeah, but, uh, but at, least, yeah. at least their name right out of the gate didn't start out vulgar. Yeah, it's not a, yeah, that's, that's, a, yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, it like, wasn't like only porn fans or something. It's just like, look, that is, it might take a couple of years to shake the previous stigma, but the name is fine. Yeah. Yeah, so there's there is a lot of steps that need to be taken before OnlyFans can do something like that, and it looks like the first step is OnlyFans TV or OFTV. Uh, due to its content, OnlyFans is not allowed on Apple and Google's app stores, but OFTV is because despite featuring some of OnlyFans' biggest stars, all of its hundreds of videos are nudity free. Here's Bloomberg. The app offers the library of more than 800 videos, including the original series Unlocked, which features conversations with creators such as Mia Khalifa, Bella Thorne, and Holly Madison. It also includes original videos from Pilates instructors, chefs, and podcasters. The app is available on all major devices, including iOS, Roku, and Amazon Fire. OFTV provides a super convenient way for fans to watch content from favorite creators. CEO Tim Stokely told me this past week, there's no adult content on OFTV. Because it's not being monetized and there's no direct impact on creators' earnings, we are able to be in the App Store. Uh, here's some more from that article. The new app is part of the company's strategy to shed its reputation as a purveyor of pornography and rebrand itself as a vital tool for all online creators. I wrote about this effort last year, at which point the app was still in development. The company is walking a tricky line. It wants to sell a narrative that its technology and website can be used for far more than titillation. OnlyFans is one of several companies, alongside Patreon and Substack, offering people a way to directly monetize their most ardent fans. After seeing the popularity of these platforms, the biggest technology companies have tried to jump on the trend. YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram have all created ways for their users to charge fans for posts. We live in a moment when everyone and anyone can be a creator, and many of us want to be paid for everything we say, do, or think. The average person who has heard of OnlyFans still associates it with nudity, but OnlyFans believes the same people who would use Patreon to charge their fans for exclusive access to a podcast episode should consider using OnlyFans instead. And one of the bonuses that I would uh, assume would be good for this OnlyFans content is that they've had to, by obligation, get extremely good at copyright protection for their creators. Yeah. Because there was a huge thing like six months ago or something where they got uh, a couple like subreddits and an actual website. Yeah. Just completely scorched earth because they were reposting OnlyFans content uh, and taking money away from creators. Yeah. So, good uh, for them. Yeah. Um, this could be cool. OnlyFans, if you're watching. We'll be waiting for your offer. I'll pull my dick out for a million dollars. Oh, I was just going to do this show, but on OnlyFans. Yeah, that's even better. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, anyways, it'll be interesting to see whether OnlyFans can successfully expand their business model beyond naked pictures and videos. But let's move on from videos that inspire lust to videos that inspire fear. Because Boston Dynamics is back at it again. Ugh. Their latest video features Atlas, their bipedal humanoid robot with two arms and two legs, doing a little parkour. A little hardcore parkour. <laughs> We've seen Atlas do parkour plenty of times. Uh, he can jump on platforms, he can do somersaults, even flips, but his skills have improved. Yeah. He's easily more athletic and agile than your average American and still weighs twice as much <laughs> somehow. No, he's only like 190 pounds. Oh, yeah, wow. Okay. Well, then I guess the average... He weighs less than your average American. Yeah, I got... I'm, I, 
I haven't looked into the average weight uh, in a while, but I would assume it's still pretty high. Yeah. Anyways, uh, he'll now have even less trouble hunting you down and skinning you like a fish during the robo-apocalypse. Yeah. You it's, can't beat this guy. The first time that someone gets chased down by one of these things, it's going to be fucking terrifying. Yeah. Just the sound. It's coming. Or maybe not. I don't know. We've mentioned this before, yeah. but it is important to note that uh, much like Dude Perfect, anytime Boston Dynamics post a video like this, they are actually choosing the best take out of dozens and dozens of takes in which the robot absolutely eats shit. Uh, all the scratches that you see on these robots are evidence of this. They fall down a lot. Mm -hmm. And in a second video that Boston Dynamics posted the same day as the most recent parkour video, uh, they actually show some of these Brutal bloopers <laughs> while uh, explaining just what a, a huge task it is getting Atlas to do anything. It's, it's a whole team effort. Like, this thing is definitely not ready to just, like, flick a switch and say, go kill that guy. Nor would I want it to. Yeah. Because it could end up doing the wrong thing. But, uh, yeah, th this video is actually pretty fascinating. It helps, maybe, to put your mind at ease just a little bit about the mortal threat that these mindless killing machines pose to the human race. But uh, I still can't shake the idea that Atlas with a gun is the last thing that I will see before the cold embrace of death. I'm sorry. Yeah. But right before that, someone's going to show you a video of the dog one slipping on a banana. And like, there's nothing to worry about. Don't worry. Yeah, that's they're just, stupid. That's just what the robot wants you to think. These robots are I'm so just stupid. a stupid robot. Oh, I fell down. <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. Did they buy it? All right. <laughs> uh, anyways, moving on to your regularly scheduled data breach news. Oh, God. This just in. Your data has been breached yet again. Or at least there's a good chance it's been, uh, because the latest company to fall victim to a data breach is one of America's biggest telecoms, T-Mobile. And somehow, in addition to the data of T-Mobile users being leaked, the vast majority of people whose data was leaked aren't even T-Mobile customers. <laughs> Great. Cackle facts all over again. Can they again. even do that? <laughs> well, they just did it. Uh, of the more than 48 million people whose data was compromised, more than 40 million are former or prospective T-Mobile customers, meaning either they used to use T-Mobile but don't anymore, or they applied for T-Mobile service at some point and changed their mind. So that's a lot of people. Here's NPR. The names, social security numbers, and information from driver's licenses or other identification of just over 40 million former and prospective customers that applied for T-Mobile credit were exposed in a recent data breach, the company said Wednesday. The same data for about 7.8 million current T-Mobile postpaid customers appears to be compromised. No phone numbers, account numbers, pins, passwords, or financial information from the nearly 50 million records and accounts were compromised, it said. T-Mobile also confirmed that approximately 850,000 active T-Mobile prepaid customer names, phone numbers, and account pins were exposed. The company said it proactively reset all the pins on those accounts. No Metro by T-Mobile former Sprint prepaid or Boost customers had their names or pins Oh, exposed. thank God. Is Cricket okay? <laughs> Who owns Cricket? Uh, Ryan Reynolds. Okay. I think. He's got his, he owns one of them. He's got his finger no, in his a lot is of mint. I think his is mint. Yeah. 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 Anyways, right. me and the track phone are still safe. Yeah. You the can't old, go wrong with a phone. The old jitterbug is uh, <laughs> breach free. If you buy your phone at 7-Eleven and smash your SIM card every week, yeah. you are fine. Yeah. Uh, is, you know, nothing <laughs> wrong with being safe. <laughs> As for what T-Mobile is doing to make this right, it's the usual. They're offering two years of free identity protection services to those affected. Wow, thanks. And that's uh, more than they're even really obligated to do because the U.S. is, it's very frustratingly lagging behind other parts of the world when it comes to data privacy. 
even when it's data that T-Mobile didn't really have any reason to be holding on to in the first place. The FTC and FCC will likely conduct some sort of investigation. There's probably going to be some class action lawsuits where people get like 10 bucks and the yeah. lawyers get a million dollars. But that's about it. What did you expect? Here's Wired. Generally speaking, it's still the Wild West in the United States when it comes to the types of information companies can keep about us, says Amy Keller, a partner at the law firm DeCello Levitt Gutzler, who led the class action lawsuit against Equifax after the Credit Bureau's 2017 breach. I'm surprised, and I'm also not surprised. I guess you could say I'm frustrated. No, you're not. You get to make all the money off this case. This is sort of my bread and butter. <laughs> <laughs> it's putting my kids through college. Privacy advocates have long promoted the concept of data minimization, a fairly self-explanatory practice that encourages companies to hold on to as little information as necessary. Europe's General Data Protection Regulation codifies this practice, requiring that personal data be adequate, relevant, and limited to what is necessary in relation to the purposes for which they are processed. The U.S. currently has no equivalent on the books. Privacy laws in the United States that do touch upon data minimization generally don't require it, Keller says, and instead recommend it as a best practice. It continues, until and unless the U.S. adopts an omnibus privacy law similar to the GDPR or state-level legislation like the California Consumer Privacy Act starts taking a harder line, data minimization will remain a foreign concept. Quote, in general, collecting and retaining sensitive data of prospective and former customers is not an act of consumer fraud under U.S. law and is routine, says David Opterbeck, a co-director of Seton Hall's University Institute of Law, Science and Technology. As inappropriate as it may seem for T-Mobile to keep detailed records on millions of people who may never have been their customers, there's nothing stopping it from doing so for as long as it likes. Isn't that great? But those damn pesky regulations. Yeah. Why can't they just let the companies be free? Their Sprint merger is also like uh, suddenly getting scrutiny. Like maybe uh, maybe we shouldn't have done that because they're not keeping up any of the promises they made uh, to the government when they approved it. Oh, big it. surprise. Yeah. Meanwhile, Tom Leisure's on a fucking island somewhere. Yeah. Just, not my problem. <laughs> I closed the deal and I cashed Me out. Me and my cool little doll are out here on the island. Leisure doll. <laughs> and now Leisure doll can wear whatever colors Leisure doll wants, not just pink. John Leisure is the uh, Afghan president of telecoms. <laughs> yep. <laughs> See ya. Got a big old bag of money. I'm Bye. Bye. Uh, you know what? Ha uh, recently on the iPhone that I noticed... Uh, that they do that I think is like very beneficial. I guess I hadn't like signed up for a new service in a while, but when you download something on the app store there and you have to sign up for an account to use it, mm -hmm. uh, they give you a fake email address that is made up by Apple oh. uh, to sign up for the service and it just forwards whatever emails you need to your oh, email. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Apple, look. Their I privacy is very good. I switched last year. I had been Android for 10 years. And I switched, and I have been completely happy and satisfied. I turn off the fucking tracking on every single goddamn app, and apparently uh, that is decimating revenue for a lot of applications. Good. Um, but yeah, I think, look, I, I fucking hated Apple for a while. I was very anti the cult of Apple, but they make a good phone. I can't deny it. Also, if you're wondering where my fingers cut, uh, HelloFresh. Not their fault. I was just cooking, and I was chopping up some ginger. A little too close to the old... Yeah, knife skills not included. <laughs> too close to the ginger, or too um, close to the digits. Also, in other news, last month, July, hottest month ever, or at least ever recorded. But it was so, lovely today. Yeah, it was a really nice day today, so... And it rained. Uh, climate change? I don't think so. There were clouds in the sky in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, the climate changed last night when the clouds rolled in. Yeah. It was lovely. Anyways, that's our episode. Uh, if you haven't already, watch our very controversial episode from earlier this week where we talked about 
the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan and how it's uh, just unequivocally a good thing and go cry about it if you have a problem with that. <laughs> uh, uh, the, in general, the actual comments on the YouTube video seem pretty... Uh, a couple of people wrote some essays about why we're wrong and uh, I mean, literally long anytime didn't I, read. Yeah, anytime <laughs> I see those, just like click the read more button. Oh, I'm not reading all that. Yeah. Sorry or uh, happy to hear that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, bye. All right, well, yeah, watch both of those episodes over there uh, and we'll see you very soon for some news dump. Bye-bye. Bye.